Hey there, just a quick reminder, we have a mentorship program if you're looking for personalized coaching and mentorship to help guide you to the next level of your interior design business, whatever that might look like for you, whether it's processes and procedures or what services to offer to how to incorporate wellness, intention, or spirituality into your projects, come join us over at designcoven.com forward slash join. Or if you're just in search to connect with other like-minded interior designers, you can join our free community also located at designcoven.com forward slash joy. In today's episode, we have special guest Amanda Gibby-Peters of Simple Schwag. And I wanted to bring her on because she has such a beautiful personality. Her Instagram is great. She always gives these really beautiful, easy, simple, simple tips on feng shui. And I thought she would be a great person to come on, share a different perspective, share a different personality. Um, So Amanda Gibby-Peters is the voice and visionary of Simple Shui, a modern day, mission-driven, love-based practice of feng shui. She's been teaching feng shui techniques for over a decade witnessing the breathtaking life transformations of her readers and clients. Her superpower is making complex, ethereal designs tangible, fun, and life-changing. Her work has been featured on Architectural Digest, My Domain, Food 52, Lonnie, Mind Body Green, Well and Good, and Amazon. She was recently named one of Instagram's best feng shui accounts by The Spruce for her vibrant and innovative influence, creating positive spaces. Amanda is Dallas-based with an international clientele where she lives with her husband, twin daughters, and a rescue dog, Ruby. I hope you enjoy this episode. Welcome to Bewitching the Home, where we explore holistic interior design and its influence on all areas of our mind, body, and spirit. We discuss practices in creating sacred space in alignment with our higher selves and feature conversational explorations with special guests and ventures through the realm of mindfulness, holistic approaches to design, wellness in the home, and sustainability. I'm your host, Rachel Lorraine Crawford. We have Amanda Gibby-Peters with us today. And uh, before we get into our guest speaking, I'm going to go ahead and set our space by lighting a candle, calling in the spirits of our ancestors, any of our guides that are here for our best and highest good, our higher self, just to really get into the moment, calling of a signal, see if this will light. Here we go. (laughs) The beeswax. Always the beeswax. It's a nice slow burn. And of course, we have the Mithras beeswax candle here um, as our dedicated ritual candle. Ring our bell. Just to get us in the moment. And I'm going to pull a card as I always do. I love working with oracle cards, tarot cards. Today, we're working with the Marikai Tarot by Bouchette Design. And let's see what we have. Just our card for today. It's the Four of Swords. 
Beautiful card. So on this card, um, Carrie, the designer, she has a sleeping fox with three swords up. One sword's kind of at his side there under the moonlight. And the four swords is about a rest. It's about renewal, rejuvenation, really taking care of ourselves, taking a moment to pause. It's a short pause. It's nothing big and huge. It's kind of like just getting grounded, getting into our space so that we can move with intention shortly after here. Which I just love this card. So sweet. All right. And uh, I am drinking a tea from Paru. It's a green tea. I'm nourishing myself with that. Uh, what I love about Paru tea is she connects with um, villages of you know Asia to receive her teas and her, her tea leaves. And this is from um, Phin Ho Forest. It's a village in Vietnam, which is really, really beautiful. So I'm nourishing myself with that and it's got a beautiful golden hue to it. And it's just super soft. And um, I feel like all of her teas, you can just really taste the leaves and you know, the hills that they come from and her teas are loose. So you can really see the, the leaves when they open up as their brood, um, which I feel like is so magical. And Amanda, what do you have um, over there? What are you nourishing yourself with? I'm green, green juice. <laughs> Some really Amazing. lovely green juice, cucumber, kale, parsley, spinach, apple, mm. you know, the works. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Spring yeah. Spring green. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> You've got breakfast in a cup. Yes. <laughs> Fantastic. Well, Amanda, I'm really excited to have you on because, um, you know, I talk a, a, a bit about feng shui and I've been um, really focusing on different areas of the home and giving some advice and some tools in that space. I had my feng shui teacher, Amanda Sophia, from the International School of Feng Shui on um, in episode two. And now I've got you on and I just love bringing others in to share perspectives, ways of connecting with feng shui, different perspectives, because there's just so many avenues and paths to um, work with this knowledge. And I like to just have it open so it's not like this is one way and you can only do it like this. And, you know, having it so rigid, you know, it's it's not like that, at least not for me. Right. No, I, I actually really appreciate that because when I came into this practice, it felt like well, I came in and like most people just thought, okay, feng shui. So I figure some stuff out and I kind of have my teeth into it. And then eventually I got certified. And shortly after that, um, I was writing for different spaces and places and other practitioners started calling me out for not practicing quote unquote real feng shui. And that Put me in a little bit of a paralysis you know because of course you want to do things right you want to be doing them correctly and so that led me to figuring out okay what are they talking about and learning all these different schools and that's really the birthplace of simple shui was there are distinctions among the different approaches but i find that a lot of them are at a much higher level and where everyone begins is like the thread is the same and that was the idea behind Simple Shui was let's start here. Like instead of going right to 
you know, sort of the esoteric reaches of this wisdom. It is thousands of years old and it has evolved and been interpreted and interpreted and then interpreted. Let's start with the things that are really right within our reach, accessible, and things that people are already overlooking. Like we don't need to make this hard for the sake of being the most correct. Um, so I love that you you share that same opinion because I do think whatever feng shui works for you is the right feng shui. Exactly. There's so much um, behind attention, and attention to me has like such a power um, versus you know trying to get everything right and going by the book and all these things because it's like if it doesn't resonate with you, it's not going to work. Like even if you are like going by this very specific way of doing it, if it doesn't if it doesn't jive, it's like it just then it hinders what it's supposed to do and it's counter you know to everything that feng shui is yeah i think too if you don't understand it like right you're just doing something i mean i think there's sometimes when you know i joke a lot that there is such such a thing as beginner's luck like when people come to feng shui and they have no idea what to expect and they do something and it immediately lands a win and then they're like oh i want to do everything feng shui from now on right and then they don't get the same kind of instant result and they're like what's happening is it me am i cursed you know and it's like there's this moment where you like when you don't know what to expect you're sort of suspending all sort of resistance and i think that's where kind of that light and that energy can get through but i think when you start doing things just because there's a desperation or you're like i you know i don't understand it and i'm just going to do this because i think it's going to work like i think you need to understand partially so that you have a connection to what you're implementing in your home, but then also you're showing respect to the wisdom that has traveled thousands of years to you. So I do think it's worth, again, working your way up, starting at the baby end of the pool before you just cannonball in. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so um, bring us to the beginning of how you discovered Feng Shui and what was your journey and what's the origin story of your business? I love that question. Um, so my origin story, it's kind of funny. I um, had just finished grad school. So my background is actually in political science and communication. Okay. And I had just, my husband and I had relocated to a new to us town, new to us home. We had three-year-old twins at the time. And um, a lot of things had, like, you know, just being in a new space is jarring, you know? Um, a lot of your creature comforts are gone. We're adjusting to this new house. There are a lot of things happening um, for us that are new to our routine in that. And it just felt like we were, you know, circling a drain. And we had been in this, you know, down world for a bit. And I picked up a book one day. I was having a really, really bad day on my edge. And I picked up a book and I saw the words feng shui. And I thought, okay, I think I've heard of this in college, but I read a little more and immediately I kind of thought it was silly. I mean, I just thought I'm going to change my house. Like I did just change my house. Like I changed my house and my life's going to change. Well, let me show you how well that worked. And so I came into this more as a skeptic, like I'm, you know, again, and I bring up the grad school cause I had just come from like, you know, a lot of rhetoric. And so I thought I'm going to prove that this doesn't work. I mean, it shows how yeah. little I knew. So I got a book. I found the few things that I thought I could do. And, you know, like most people, I, I think a lot of people come to feng shui either because of love or job or money. And so for us, exactly. it was money. It was like all of the sudden, you know, we were in this new space. And even though we had more money coming in, it was going out a lot faster. And so that was my concern. 
and also liking my house. I didn't like my house that much. And so even though it met all the criteria, like, you know, visually great, but we were not getting settled. And so I started doing things again with the intention of proving that feng shui didn't work. <laughs> and, you know, it wasn't that anything huge happened right away, although there were okay. some really big wins like within three months. But what I found was I was always intrigued to do something else because our house was starting mm -hmm. to feel more like home. So it was a gradual and then some big changes happened. And so then I thought, okay, but like most people, that was a coincidence. That was probably gonna happen anyway. And so I set up kind of my own little test. And um, the test was I wanted a freelance job. I had okay. to pay me so much money. It had to um, let me work from home because my girls were still little. And yeah. long story short, I got a job right as the economy crashed and it kept me employed. And at that moment I said, okay, no more time for being a skeptic. I need to become a student and I went all in and that's wow. why we're here today. And I love it because when people approach me and I can see that little bit of skepticism in their eyes right. or I meet the resistance in their partner, like, what are you doing here? I don't want yeah. you here. I'm like, I've been you. I know where you're yeah. coming from. <laughs> so can I ask you, what was the thing that you did that opened up that, that space for you to, to manifest this job and so it was interesting. Our office was because we had moved to this house and we needed to share an office and uh -huh. it took a long time to figure out how to do that. And so I ended up setting the office up, um, you know, the way Feng Shui tells us, putting us both in command, which today it seems so obvious. I like people to go back like, you know, this was 2007. We didn't have Instagram. We didn't have Pinterest. We didn't have all of these things that kind of visually tell us how to do this. So I was right. trying to figure out this space and Feng Shui gave me an option, like face the door. So I'm like, okay, so this is really important. Have something mm -hmm. solid behind you. Okay, I can do that. And then what I did was I, you know, I just applied for three jobs that weren't even looking for people. And the crazy part of this story is I went and met all three. I went to all three places. Yeah. I met all of their CEOs just in having conversations. They weren't looking for people and all three offered me a job. It was the craziest thing. And it was just like, there was this effortlessness happening. Yeah. And I thought, yeah, I'm, I'm too smart to call this a coincidence. Like you were just led by your intuition. Like, do you feel like something opened up or like energy or something shifted and you were more open to connecting with these people versus before you might've been more resistant or? I think I was really, I think what happened was I thought I'm all in. Like mm -hmm. I have nothing to lose. So I'm going to do what this says. I'm going to see if my house can help. And if I land this, you know, then there's something here, but I yeah. wasn't expecting, you know, so that's the thing. Like we get in our mind sometimes the how, like, okay, this is what, but then all the details that orchestrated, I, I couldn't have, I couldn't have had any sort of intention around just the way that things, you know, because one of those details is I, you know, when I tell this story, two of the jobs were really glam jobs. They were like these big PR companies and I would have loved to have worked with them. Um, but it was the third job that offered me exactly what I wanted. And in fact, shortly after I took the job, you know, this was 2007, 2008, the economy crashed. And right. those other two places that I, if I'd said yes to, I would have been out of a job. The one I ended up saying yes to, you know, sort of made my Mary Poppins list of I have to get paid this much. I have to be able to work from yeah. home. They gave me what I wanted. So I said yes to them. They kept me employed for a whole year. 
you know, I mean, and, and yeah. longer if I'd stayed, but I was like, I'm ready to go to these feng shui pastures. I got to figure right. out what's, what's happening here. So it really was, um, something I like to tell people is, you know, you've got to, you, you want to stay positive, which I definitely was like, these are all like, if I right. were invited into any of these spaces, that would be fantastic, but you have to surrender the how of it. And so I was just putting myself out there knowing that I had set myself up environmentally, I'd optimize my space to give me the best results for success. What that was going to look like, I didn't know. And it's such a great story. (laughs) I love it. I love it. I feel like I get so many people that that do come to me for clarity and they want to know how do I, you know, achieve the things? How do I get there? Like, they just feel so stuck. And, And I love that you created an environment using feng shui to allow these doors to open and opportunities to come and then not having an expectation and just like jumping into it full force and just being like, okay, I'm here. I'm going to see what comes of it. Yeah. And I, I have to remind my clients all the time, you know, because the question I'll get a lot is, well, can you guarantee this will work? Like if I do a consult Mm -hmm. or I take, you know, your advice, can you guarantee it'll work? And the answer is, yeah, I can guarantee it'll work, but I can't guarantee it's going to work the way you think it should. And that's such an important distinction. And because of my story, the reason why I love my story is the universe, you know, whatever you want to call this energy we're working with, it is far more clever and creative than I will ever be. And I consider myself a creative person, but you don't want me trying to author how this is going to unfold for you. What I can say is I have 15 plus years of experience watching people, watching how things just line up exactly the way they need it. And in a way that I could have never on my own, you know, had I retreated to the top of a mountain and done my best, there's no way I could have ever come up with that for them. (laughs) (laughs) And that's where the magic is. It's so incredible. (laughs) Oh, you just love it. Um, so then what brought you to creating your, your business as it is now? So, I mean, it kind of is what I, you know, was, was mentioning before I, so I had a mentor. So initially what I did was I had different people consult for our home. Right. So I brought someone in my house. I reached out to someone, had, you know, a couple consults over the phone, Um, you know, I was reading everything I could get my hands on again today, Mm -hmm. there's a wealth of knowledge, but this was pre Amazon. So this was a little, you know, this was a little different. Like you really had to be intentional. (laughs) You wanted to find information. Um, and then I kind of made the mistake or the assumption, I shouldn't say mistake, but the assumption like, well, I've read everything. I have this figured out. And I luckily had a mentor, um, who grabbed me kind of, you know, for 10 minutes and just peppered me with a lot of questions that I couldn't answer. And she's like, you don't have this figured out. She's like, find a school and get certified. And then you can put yourself out there. Like, yes, you make sense of what you know, but there's so much that you don't know. Right. And she was absolutely right. So I went and got certified. And then I had that moment where I was sort of being, you know, harassed with like, this isn't the correct way. Mm -hmm. You're misleading people. So I went and got certified again. And in that, I just realized like, this isn't, this isn't about perfectionism. When we talk about energy, it's not linear. It's not straight. It's not perfect. It is, it's meant to wiggle and weave and it's generous and forgiving. And there's a lot of on-ramp here. 
for people. And if we keep this intimidating, if we keep making this feel out of reach, if we keep people in that paralysis of like, well, if I don't do it right, then they're never going to be able to, you know, experience what a lot of this common sense wisdom has to offer them. And so that that's where Simple Shui came from. And it was really this intention of keeping, and it's right there in my statement, like love-based, right? We don't mm -hmm. need people afraid, mission-driven. You need to come to this intentionally. You need to be deliberate about it, right? And modern day, meaning, yes, there are things that have carried over from thousands of years, right. but when you understand the history of feng shui, it evolved to meet people where they were at. The reason there are so many schools is because every time there was a migration, the wisdom or the practice changed a little to meet people where they're at. And I don't think it's any different today. And so I really like, and I want people to feel like they can bring in their own journey, yep. their own practices, their own belief systems to this. It doesn't have to be this box, you know? So that's simple shui. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely, I love it. And um, who are the people that you're working with? What are you, how, who are your clients and what are they coming to you with? And having questions on? So I have a pretty wide span of clients. Um, mm -hmm. I would say I have clients who are building homes, clients who are renovating. So that would be a, a portion of clients. I started right shortly after COVID, I started doing this thing called a group consult where if you didn't want to invest in working one-on-one, -on -one, if you weren't yeah. kind of ready for that close up or you didn't want someone, you know, looking at your space, cause there is a vulnerability to that. I created a six week course where you could come and I would teach you what my process is, sort of like what I'm looking at. And then yeah. you can go shway crazy in your home. Like you can figure this out. And so in that, I've had the most amazing quote unquote clients because it's everyone. It's, you know, it's energy workers, it's coaches, it's, you know, designers, it's organizers, it's mm -hmm. business people, CEOs, it's everyone. And it's amazing to watch how this flourishes in all of these different spaces and places. That's so beautiful. I love it. I love that you're able to tap into all the things and um, and I and I love the simpleness of all of it and bringing it down. I mean, just what you're saying, meeting people where they are right now. So, could you give us uh, what are you like your top tips that you might have for somebody right now that's maybe never heard of feng shui or they're interested? Like, what do you have anything that they could use at the moment to, to shift yeah, some energy? Yeah, I, I kind of have a couple things that I think that generate really big wins. And I'm, and I'm guessing you'll probably agree. One, um, because most people do come, you know, with some concern around wealth, even if they have wealth, people are always interested in like having or making or creating or ensuring more. Right. And so one of the simplest things that I can do is to create the sense of wealth in your home. And that doesn't mean like having expensive things. I think sometimes feng shui gets confused with design or gets confused as being like cost exhaustive or needing to be expensive. And it's not that. I always joke, yeah. like if you have a room that has high thread count, but you don't use it, it doesn't have great feng shui. <laughs> you know, it's all about your energy being engaged in the space. Right. But one right. of the things that I do love is like treating your house to something nice once a week. So I mm. like to bring flowers home, but I think this can be opening windows. This can be tidying up a space. This can be, you know, um, 
removing some stuff. You know, if a room feels like it's just kind of congested or stagnant, it could be changing things up, right? Like there are different ways that you can love up on your house. So Absolutely. that is a really big one. People think that's so simple. Where it gets tricky is trying to do it every week. And if you start creating that connective tissue, it can be a game changer. Um, but the other piece of advice I have is really starting at one of or all of your, what we kind of consider power spots in your home, your front door, your kitchen, mm -hmm. and your bedroom. Any sort of TLC you apply there will totally shift how you're showing up in the world. I mean, we know the front door, we hear realtors talk about curb appeal you know, yep. and it really is about how we're presenting to the world, but it's also how we're informing energy that comes into our lives. So getting into the habit of sweeping your porch, wiping down your door, you know, cleaning your path. If anything grows over it or newspapers pile up, making sure the light bulbs work, right. that your address is visible. All of this speaks to how the world sees you. And it is, it is a big deal and it does make a you know, noticeable shift when you start tending to it with that intention. Um, bedroom speaks to, you know, self-care, boundaries, mm -hmm. prioritizing yourself. And, you know, I'm sure as, as a designer, you've seen this. I see it all the time. I go into homes and it's like all the rooms are pretty well appointed, but then you get to the bedroom and it's the afterthought. It's the place that like maybe right. the Peloton bike is or the Amazon boxes or the kids stuff or that, you know, whatever, yeah. like it's not a social area of the home, so go hide it in there. But then people are like, I'm having this hard time being considered for this promotion or, you know, my spouse isn't taking me seriously enough. And I'm like, if you don't prioritize mm -hmm. yourself in the bedroom, you're not gonna be prioritized in the relationships in your life. And so for me, a bedroom is about sleep, sex, sensuality, and stillness. And stillness Absolutely. doesn't need to be just meditation. It's just like that that oneness with yourself, right? Being mm -hmm. able to kind of plummet your own soul when you need to. So if you have things in there that don't subscribe to that, you know, they need to yeah. find another space because that's a great way to, you know, it's where we're most vulnerable. So when you want to rejuvenate, when you want to refresh, Absolutely. when you want to feel good, when you want to step out into the world as your fullest self, bedroom. And then kitchen, you know, wellness, well-being, mm -hmm. prosperity. So all of those things get amplified when you're taking care of the kitchen. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I love it. And I'm like, you've just inspired me. I'm like, I, I mean, like we know all these things, but it's like when you hear it from somebody else, you know, then you're like, oh shoot, I got to Like when you're like talking about the budget, I'm like, okay, what's in there? What needs to be like moved out? What needs to be shifted? Like, you know, and, and especially, you know, in the kitchen too, things pile up in there. So it's like, okay, how do I reorganize? And then the front door up, you know, the sweeping, that is huge. And just yeah. being really conscious about it. One of the things, you know, in California, we all have these attached garages that might lead into the kitchen and people park in there and then they go into the house that way. So it's always a reminder for others to use your front door, like open up that chi. That's the main space. Like if you're constantly going into the, you know, the garage, it's not finding it. And, and then you forget what the front door looks like and you don't pay yeah. attention to what's growing and you don't notice the bulb is out or that you don't even turn on your porch light. and you know, so. Yeah. One, uh, one way to kind of get a really honest litmus test is to ask someone like describe the front of my space. That's, you know, when I go on consults, 
that's one of the first things that I notice. You know, my consult starts as I'm driving into Absolutely. the area about a mile out. You know, you're considering the land chain, what's happening there. And then as you're approaching yeah. a home, how do I feel? Because all of that impacts the energy of your home. I, I think there's a little, you know, misunderstanding out there that feng shui is just what's happening in your house. And it actually is, you know, a much wider, bigger circle than that. So your front door is an opportunity to really empower your space because once you leave your property, you have no control, right? So it's yeah. like, okay, what can I do to really amplify, make sure that the energy that I'm sitting on, living on, growing on is working to the best of my ability, you know? And yeah, you, you do become, we get really familiar and tolerant mm -hmm. of our spaces. And sometimes a fresh pair of eyes Will give you that nudge like oh, oh well absolutely. you know i noticed that the the numbers aren't as shiny or i can't see your address or there's some weeds or there's some you know and those are all opportunities those are invitations it's not like oh my gosh my house they're right. opportunities yeah. yeah exactly um yeah we come become so blind to what's happening mm -hmm. in our homes and you know design wise too like i'll come in and i'll see something very obvious to me about we need to shift this or something needs to move or whatever. And they're like, oh, why didn't I even think about that? Or I never noticed it looked like that. Or, you know, it's like these aha moments, which are really, really cool to be able to bring somebody in um, to take a look at it for you. And and like you said, with a friend, like having someone just come in and give their opinion and what they're feeling, because that's huge. Yeah, it is. And it, you know, we think that we're not affected by it, like it doesn't matter, but I would challenge everyone to just go do a little TLC or even hop over to my site. I talk about the front door all the time. Front door and flowers are like my jam. So get some tips over there, like do something and watch, watch for those coincidence, coincidences, yeah. watch for those synchronicities, watch for what happens because that is the vibrational feedback. You can't change something and it not ripple out and bring something in return. So oh my gosh, it's a, it's a small it. enough space that everyone can kind of get their arms around it. <laughs> yeah, this is a, this is so beautiful. So you just like inspired me to, um, come up with an idea of like a feng shui challenge for those of nice. you, maybe for a week, you know, we'll, we'll, when you're, when this comes out, maybe for that week, we'll just do a new challenge every day and, um, see what people say and see, you know, what has shifted and changed in their homes. Oh my gosh. I would love that. I, yes. That. Like, let's okay. do that. <laughs> <laughs> we're going to do that. So as soon as this comes out, I'm going to connect with you on that week. And then we're going to create this feng shui challenge and it's going to be beautiful. And I can't wait. And th these are simple things, you know, Yes. that I feel like we can do it all, um, you know, and, and we do it for a week and see what, what happens. It's yeah. so beautiful. Yeah. I love it okay, too. Sweet. I love that. And it, <laughs> and it creates that, it creates that momentum. So if you want to stay with it, we got you started. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And then, and then you can get into some more deeper stuff as, as you go. Um, you yeah. don't have to eat all of it at once. You know, we can take little bites. It's so yeah. perfect. Um, Amanda, I forgot to ask you earlier, what, what is home to you? What, I always start usually with um, that question, when is home? I mean, home is really like that contentment, like for me, contentment, right? So mm -hmm. starts within, you know, our personal chi um, and then having that supported in my environment. Mm -hmm. um, my home is sacred space. I'm very particular about it because again, like I said, we can't control what happens right. once we step outside our door and the world is becoming more chaotic and not only more chaotic, but we're 
overly connected to it in a way that 20 years ago we weren't. So contentment um, and, you know, I think just feeling like having grounding myself. That's, that's home is feeling grounded. Um, because we're so much in our heads. We're so much on our devices. We're so much, you know, we're busy. And so that connecting back to the earth, that's home to me. Mm, I love it. And, um, do you have any rituals or uh, practices that you're doing right now that you're really enjoying? You know, so one of the things that I'm doing this year is because I'm in like a lot of creation mode. And so I am just like I said, in my head a lot. So I am outside grounding a lot, standing barefoot. Mm. I don't, that's not feng shui specific. Um, but you just, just, you read over and over and over how, how, you know, that just neutralizes, gets you back into your body, out of your head. Um, and it's interesting because from a feng shui perspective, the five elements, you know, earth can like it, it takes whatever energy and just neutralizes it right so you hear about people cleansing things by burying it in the dirt like that's a powerful way to cleanse you don't always have to use the moon or the sun or a sage stick you can bury something and so i'm trying to do that more just to kind of offload anything but get back in my body i'm a big gratitude journaler um over covid i really made that an intentional practice and in a way that, you know, most of us, we kind of ride a wave. We do it and then right. we don't do it. We do it and we don't yep. do it. I was really intentional for an entire year. And I can say with 100% conviction, it was a game changer. It wow. really did. I, I found that if I started my day writing down what I was grateful for, even if I felt like it was taking a long time, uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> because we're so inundated with like what's wrong, right? right. And the urge right. is to, you know, kind of fume that I didn't have any energy left to complain. So it was like this really beautiful practice that way at the height of some really nasty stuff, right? So I love that. And then I would say the other ritual I have is trying to ask a lot less why. Mm. I Like I'm trying to keep myself light on my feet and not have so much drag. And I tend to be like, but why, but why, but why? And so I'm trying to when it's necessary, go there, but not let it be like, you know, shotgun. I don't want it driving shotgun with me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Just when you were saying, um, dragging you, I'm like, Oh my God, that question is, I feel like it is like pulling you down when you ask that question of why it's like, it's pulling you in, pulling you down. And yes. it's like, you can't move forward because you've got this thing that's attached to you. Yeah. So, I mean, it's, it has its place and, and there's Mm -hmm. some big conversations where it's absolutely needed, but just in our day to day, you know, it's almost become the, um, crutch like, but why? (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah. So that's something I'm trying to turn the volume way down on. (laughs) Right, right, right. And, um, so what's brewing for you? Um, what's coming up? What are you working on? What's the next that you're so big things big things so I like I said I taught this six-week course where I introduced people to my my process and I'm turning it into an online course that people will be able to buy um, in May there's a level two to it as well that'll be available in July and then later this fall I'm actually going to launch my own certification program 
Um, and so that's going to be really big. And I'm excited about that. It's a lot of work. I mean, I'm, you know, I kind of thought I was going to have an easier year because our girls are going to be going off to film school. Oh and gosh. instead I'm like, there's just so much. Hence wow. the grounding. <laughs> <laughs> well, you're going to have to keep me posted so that I can share all these things so people can I will. connect with you um, with these courses and the certification. That's so beautiful. And how can we connect with you? I know you're very active on Instagram. I would say if you are on Instagram and you want feng shui tips, definitely follow me, Amanda Gibby Peters. Um, I joke that I take Instagram to the fullest character count. (laughs) Amazing. (laughs) So there's always great tips. And I mean, you can scroll forever. Um, My blog, I've been blogging since 2008. So you can go over to simpleshui.com. There's a ton of information there. There are videos. I have a book on Amazon, Simple Shui for Every Day, 365 Ways to Feng Shui Your Life. And then those courses and again, the certification later this year. So lots of different spaces for people to kind of dip their toes in and experience mm-hmm. this. And and I would just, like I said, I would encourage everyone to love up on the front door. <laughs> yes, that's so, so, so important. So we're going to have all your links in the show notes so people can just go straight there. You don't have to write any of this down and connect with you. And then we will do that seven day um, feng shui challenge uh, when this goes up. So oh, I'm, I'm so excited, excited about for that. that. <laughs> well, Amanda, thank you so much for being on with us and just giving us these beautiful tips and making feng shui approachable and simple and um, available to everybody. I really, really appreciate it. Oh, thank you. And thanks for having me. This was a really great space to start the weekend. Absolutely. Thank you. You have been listening to Bewitching the Home. Special thank you to all my Patreon members. Without you, this show would not be possible. Music composition by Ken Seth Thibodeau. Editing by Marcy Ferry. And special assistance by Blake Ferris. If you like what you're listening to, please hit the subscribe button. And if you want to support us even more, please join me on Patreon at patreon.com forward slash bewitching. You can also follow me on Instagram at Rachel, R-A-C-H-E-L, Lorraine, L-A-R-R-A-I-N-E, and find out more information about the podcast on the website, bewitchingthehome.com.